Meet the everyday executive, helping you thrive in any position, from intern to boardroom. This week, we're super pumped to bring you Hollywood-based fitness consultant, nutritionist, and author, Nancy Anderson. Nancy is one of the most authentic trainers you'll ever meet, and we really think that you'll enjoy this episode where she talks about how she got into fitness, how she built her brand, how she moved to L.A., built her brand again, and how she's constantly reinventing herself to stay relevant in an ultra-competitive industry. So enjoy this one with Nancy Anderson. Nancy, we're pumped to have you with us. If you could, just tell us who you are and what you stand for in a few words. Oh my gosh, hi. So happy to be here. Um, Nancy Anderson, Nancy Anderson Fitness is my company, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, what I stand for, uh, I would say the most important thing that I always see like in my industry is that just practice what you preach. Like You have to walk the walk if you expect your clients to walk the walk. So just practice what you preach. And Nancy, I got to say, so having taken some of your classes back in the day here when you were in Baltimore, I mean, you definitely live the life. I mean, you're not just this super intense instructor i mean you train the same way oh yeah i go so hard <laughs> i tell my clients like all the time like i would never ask you to do something that i've never done at the most advanced level so if i can do it at my level you need to be able to do it at your level like you went to school in morgantown west virginia you know kind of tell us talk us through your start into the fitness industry and kind of what got you fired up and got motivated to to take this walk in life well, okay, so I try to stay, like, positive with, like, everything I say um, and do. You know, I think positive reinforcement is important. But this question is interesting because there's no way to really dodge it without being, like, not so positive. But really, the way I got into fitness was um, when my dad died, honestly. Like, when I was 20, my dad committed suicide, and I got, like, very lost in a very dark place. It was just, like, a really tough time. And I didn't really know how to get out of it. So one day, like, literally, it was like the heavens spoke to me or something. I just started, like, running, like, just jogging outside, on a treadmill, wherever I could find some time or a place to jog. And that's kind of how I grieved his death. And then I, you know, ended up running a half marathon. And, like, during the marathon, I had this, like, aha moment where I was like, this is, this, this exercise has changed my life. I've got a, gotten over my father's passing. I've dealt with the emotions through exercise. Right when I was like crossing the finish line, I remember thinking like, this is so powerful. I have to share this with other people. I have to share the power of fitness with others. So literally that's when I decided I was like leaving the industry I was in and I was going to like full time do fitness. And that's when I went back out my master's degree in actually science, and I like never looked back. It was like the best decision I've ever made. Well, I think that's an important thing to point out. So, I mean, obviously, trainers and everybody always try and focus on the positive and positive motivation. But I feel like a lot of us that have gotten so involved in fitness have gotten there as an escape for something else. And, and showing that vulnerability and that humility is such an important part. And you know, definitely thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, I know it's probably not an easy thing to talk about. You know, obviously, you've taken it, you've turned oh, yeah, it into a positive, and you've changed a lot of lives with it. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I do it. I mean, really, like, the money's good, you know, making your own schedule is sometimes good. Um, but really, you know, you do it for, like, the fulfillment of helping others. For sure. And so let's talk about that. So when you came to Baltimore, you were working for FX Studios, which was the fitness partner for UA. And it was kind of in the early days, I mm-hmm. think, you know, we've talked to, to Christy Stevens and some other people who, you know, were, I guess, kind of our UA class, if you want to think of it that way. But Under Armour wasn't <laughs> quite 
what it is now then. So do you just want to kind of talk us through your early days at UA and, and, and kind of some of the things that you learned there? Oh my gosh, I learned so much at Under Armour. That was like the best, like for a couple of years I thought I had an in industry, I was like in the best place. It really set me up for like so much success. One, I always thought I was underdog and that's like what Under Armour and what Kevin Plank like preaches that like we are the underdogs. So like right off the bat, like I felt like I fit right in with the culture of FX and with Under Armour. I mean, I worked with trainers like Chris Sam's and Nate Costa and like learned so much. I mean, I learned how to like manage people, even my clients there, like everyone at Under Armour just like brings it. And I actually got like very spoiled right out of the gate in my career because I felt like everyone worked as hard as like Under Armour employees. And I was a little mistaken about that. But I mean... The challenges, the corporate fitness that we did, I learned so much about that. And I do corporate fitness out here for a lot of companies. So I just learned how to run challenges, to manage groups, to get people competing with each other, to, like, develop that team-like mentality. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I competed a lot when I was working at Under Armour. I went through fitness competitions. I learned so much about nutrition during that time. I got my master's degree while I was at Under Armour. So I was just, like, learning so much during that time. It was, it was amazing. And I really still miss it so much. I mean, I love California. I love my clients out here. My career has definitely advanced since then. Um, but, God, like, my clients, you guys were just so... It was a special place in my heart because it was, like, the beginning of my career. Um, and it was really just like being on a college campus. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, when you say, like, the, our class, I mean, that's exactly right. Like, everyone, I feel like, was around the same age. And even if they were, like, 10 years older, they still felt like we were all in it together. Same age. There was no, like, really difference. Um, and it was just such a blast. We were at the original CQC, the Combine Training Center. Um, so we just, like, had the availability to really be kind of our own boss within FX, so within Under Armour, which is why I think I did so well there, was because, like, Nate, and the team kind of gave you the freedom to create the classes and programs and challenges you wanted to create, to manage those programs, and really sky was the limit. And that's what I work best under. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a good corporate bunny by any means. And I just felt like I really was able to run my own business within a business there, and that's, I think, why I thrived so much. Absolutely. And so that kind of gave you your little entrepreneurial start there. And I mean, you got to admit, there had to be something satisfying too about taking these big D1 athletes and some pros and kind of breaking them down and making them sweat. I mean, that had to be a blast as well. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember the first time an NFL player came to my class, he like, left like 15 minutes into the class and he was like throwing up. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> my goal, my goal is not, and I don't even remember who it is because I'm like, I'm terrible. I mean, I am terrible with celebrities and athletes. It's not even funny. Not even funny. I mean, I let's like put it in perspective, though, Nancy. I mean, like, you're, you're you're what? You're like all of five two. So, I mean, here here is. I mean, I'm sure this this guy's coming in. He's got you know a little bit of an ego because let's face it. I mean, if you're if you're a professional football player, you're, you've earned the right to have an ego. And he's probably thinking, who's this girl? Who's she? What's she going to teach me? And then you put him in his place. That had to feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it always felt good. Even when I was, like, pregnant, like, eight months pregnant training, people would walk in. I've never taken my class before. and be like, oh, God, like, what's this pregnant chick? This week's episode of The Everyday Executive is brought to you by Madison Company. For those of us that have worked in a corporate environment, I'm sure we've all had interactions with consulting firms. The big firms out there, you know who I'm talking about, and you know how they work. They come into your culture, they create an environment that is dependent upon them, 
So you can't get rid of them. They create a dependency that requires us to make sure that we have them funded year after year after year, and we're even forced to make staffing decisions and cuts based on our need to keep that firm around. It's time to take a different look at consulting, and it comes from the Anti-Consultancy Consultancy at Madison Company. If your culture needs a refresh, if you want to improve those employee engagement scores, if you want to figure out ways to make your team work better together, Madison Company has the skills, the experience, and the team you need to achieve the operational outcomes that you're after. Specializing in scaled agile transformations, lean enterprise, and cultural transformation, Madison Company has the years of knowledge and the breadth of expertise to help make your goals a reality. Learn more at mattislc.com. That's M-A-T-T-I-S-L-C.com. Now back to the show. So when you left UA, when, when you were here, you met your husband, Max. I mean, you met him on campus, right? Yep. He worked for Under Armour. He was, in, he was one of my clients. And then not too long after you guys met, I mean, you know, you obviously, you know, you got together, you fell in love and, and did that whole thing. And then you guys made the call to move to L.A. And that really fired up kind of your, your entrepreneurial spirit, building your brand and everything like that. But you were pregnant as well. And do you want to talk about kind of how that changed your perspective on fitness and how it's evolved your brand today? Sure. Yeah. Um, Max got a job offer out here. So I decided to come with him because I, I mean, basically out of the gate, I realized I'm probably going to end up marrying this guy. Um, so like seven months into our relationship, he got a job offer out here. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go. And I mean, LA is like fitness you know, capital of the world, aside from New York. Um, and I felt like I was ready to do the next steps in my career and stuff. So it was very intimidating, and I was super nervous about it. But I just, like, pulled the trigger, and I came out here, and I just, like, started, like, pounding the pavement, like, grinding away. Built my books back up, and then started training. And then Max and I got married. Well, I actually got pregnant before the wedding. Oops. Um, <laughs> but as soon as I got pregnant, leading up to pregnancy, basically, I, I guess I should start there. That first year... Um, before I got pregnant, I realized, like, okay, Max and I, when we get married, we'll, once we got engaged, I was like, I really need to, like, step it up with my fitness because I knew I was probably going to get pregnant in the next year. So I went and got the most advanced pre- and postnatal certification I could find. It was, like, a very in-depth program. I just immersed my – I read every study I could get my hands on on PubMed. Um, I read all of Dr. Klopp's research on pregnancy fitness, and I learned every single thing I could learn. And I basically learned that doctors in the U.S. know nothing about current research and guidelines for pregnancy fitness, and they've been telling everyone the wrong things. So when I went into it, I found a doctor that was very current, and she was amazing, Dr. Marina Maslowerick in Newport Beach. She was so supportive. She knew that heart rate did not matter. She knew that I could lift heavy weights and it did not put baby in danger. In fact, on the contrary, studies have actually shown that it makes your baby smarter, it makes your placenta stronger, and better blood flow, oxygen to the placenta, which is the baby's lifeline throughout the whole pregnancy. Um, and every single thing that the studies showed and every single thing I did during my pregnancy Eating good quality foods, like not going overboard, not gaining too much weight, not eating chemical toxins, all kinds of hormones and crap like that. And then really working out as hard as my body allowed me to. If I felt good, I went hard. If my heart rate, that took my heart rate to 190, then my heart rate was 190. Not saying that every single woman is fit enough to do that, but leading up to pregnancy, getting fit is the number one thing you can do to execute a healthy 
pregnancy because it's going to go downhill. You're not going to be able to maintain your level of fitness from day one to 40 weeks. I mean, you're going to have to scale back at some point. Um, but every single thing I had in this, I read in the studies and I practiced on my pregnancy came true. I mean, my son has always been advanced. The day I had him, he held his head up. I could not believe it. That's like so rare. Um, he, he always scored above average on all the tests. He started walking early, started crawling early. He is 16 months and he has over a hundred words in his vocabulary. I mean, just things that, you know, it's like every mom wants to say, oh, my God, my kid's so smart. But from a scientific standpoint is what, you know, I'm judging it off of. And everything that Dr. Klopp said in his research came true if I, when I followed that fit pregnancy with good nutrition. So it was pretty incredible feeling, and it basically has totally changed my outlook on, like, the medical field in America, um, especially birthing. Uh so, I mean, the only advice I could give to women is to find a doctor that is current with the research. Sure. And th- so from your perspective, too, I mean, that's such a challenge th- challenging thing to take on from a business standpoint because it's something that so many people are so sensitive about. I mean, obviously, when a, when a woman gets pregnant, her natural instinct is pr- to protect the baby. And then, yeah. you know, it's got to be challenging as a fitness coach to go out there and say, you know, listen... 90% of the doctors in America are reading textbooks that are probably written 50 years ago. Here's this new right. research and the proof that actually shows you that exercising and staying fit during your pregnancy is not only beneficial for you, but it's it's strongly beneficial for the baby. You know, your, your fitness speaks for itself. Have you had a lot of clients come to you and say, you know, listen, Nancy, you know, you're preaching to the choir here. Tell me how to be a fitter mom. I have had a lot of women come to me, but... What usually happens is this. Is, you know, I can say I have my master's degree in exercise science and we study special populations which pregnancy is included in. And I have this advanced certification of pre- and postnatal. I've read every study. Plus, I had my own pregnancy where I did X, Y, and Z. And this is the benefits it gave me. This is the benefits it gave my baby. This is my experience. But at the end of the day, if she at her eight-week or ten-week or whatever visit sees her doctor for the first time and her doctor says you need to not raise your heart rate over 140 beats per minute and her doctor does not support her fitness she's not going to feel confident about continuing to exercise with me or with anyone else or doing anything she's going to feel insecure and unsupported and she's going to scale back so what i try to influence is to them to go to a doctor who is supportive of a fitness of fit pregnancy and it usually is the younger doctor because, you know, so I work with um, Fit for Birth, his name is James Goodlett. And he, James is like the, the industry leader probably on pregnancy fitness, pre and postnatal. And I was talking the other day because I'm so frustrated with it again um, because so many clients back down once they see their doctor and their doctor tells them these outdated stats that have never actually been scientifically proven, to be frank. And he said, you know, Nancy, it usually takes um, a, a misinformed generation to die out before the new wave comes through and you see a, a change in the masses. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think he said that in his seminar, actually, a couple of years ago when I took it, but I forgot about it. But it's a really powerful and I think it's dead on. I really think that it will not change in the mass. I think there will always be a niche of people like me or people, some of my clients that, you know, have supportive doctors that will go through their pregnancy 
really fit and will not be scared to exercise. But I really think for it to change in the general population, the masses, I don't think it will happen for another couple decades until the generation of OBGYNs that are in right now retire or enter out of the medical field, to be honest. No, that's so true for a lot of things that we see both in business and medicine is that it's it's not about the research, it's about the current mentality. And a lot of the times it takes a lot to change that mentality. And and like a lot like what you said, it takes a generation to leave a profession before new ideas are welcome in. So that's definitely solid advice and, and good insight. So let's let's talk about your move to LA, right? So when you move to LA Ah, uh, advertising, I know. Two minutes, guys, I promise it's worth your time. We can all recognize that at one point or another, we had that coach or that teacher in our lives that helped us to reach the next level, who helped push us through the barriers to take us to new levels of success. Well, just because we've reached adulthood doesn't mean the need for coaching has subsided. In fact, many would argue that you have more of a need for a coach now than ever. Check out everydayexecutive.co to learn about the coaching services that we provide. We'll help you set goals, overcome boundaries, and become your best self. All the tools you need to reach that next level of career success that we're all so desperately chasing. Now back to the show. You did a few things. So you talked about rebuilding your client base. And I know you ventured out on a few things that were more on your own shoulders. When you were at FX, I mean, you had a, a plethora of clients. I mean, all the business you wanted. And then you went ahead and moved to, as you said, one of the two fittest cities in the country, which thereby means two of the cities with the most number of trainers. Can you talk us through kind of your first few months in LA and some of the things that you did to, to build your business and to establish this killer brand that you have today? Well, one, I was like super intimidated because it's one thing to be, what's the thing, like a big fish in a small pond like Baltimore. It's quite another to come out to LA and everyone, you know, Instagram description or whatever, says like celebrity trainer trainer to the stars, like, whatever. So, right off the bat, I was, like, really intimidated. But um, I just started grinding. I mean, I just filled my book, and I wasn't picky at first. My prices weren't super high at first. Teaching as many classes as I could. I mean, I remember at one point when I first got here, I was teaching, like, 22 classes a week, which is literally, like, crazy. Like, that's not what you want to do. But I just wanted to see as many people as possible because group fitness, even if you don't like teaching group fitness, which I do, I, it's actually one of my favorite things to do, but um, it gets you in front of so many people that are going to see you, see your body, see your personality, interact with you, and then come to you for nutrition advice or one-on-one or if they get pregnant and they don't want to do group fitness anymore and they want more one-on-one attention or whatever. So that was really how I started to kind of like build a name for myself out here and then I just started getting innovative with it I saw problems that I wanted to fix in the industry like the prenatal fitness thing so I went to pair which is like a fitness uh, app that I work for and we do uh, content on our app where you know you coach through your headphones with audio coaching and I went to them and I was like I have you know, a problem with the fact there's no real good, like, pregnancy fitness program. Like, can I do one? And they were super supportive. They're, like, another one of those companies that kind of, like, supports the entrepreneur in you. And they were like, sure, go for it. So I developed a full pregnancy program and recorded it. Um, And I started doing, like, things like that to really get me out there. I set up my social media game. I started 
marketing with, I mean, the good thing about LA is like literally you have like the ability to reach anyone, any celebrity. I mean, if a celebrity's walking to my class and like you just start networking with them and next thing you know, they're connecting with this mom group so you could do this. It's really about networking. I think it's also about being like relatable. You know, I came out to LA a lot and this is not to like say anything bad about people that switch like industries because at one point I did that too, but you know, there's a lot of trainers that, you know, are trainers, but they're also, like, part-time fitness models or part-time actors or stand-up comedians, and that has never been my jam. I have never wanted to be a fitness model. I've never wanted to be an actress. I'm not a singer. Like, there's no, there's nothing else. Fitness is it for me. That is where I want to be. That's what I'm here to do, I think. I think that's my purpose in life. So, I think when people find out that I have an educational background, I have 10 years of experience, I'm not, a, I'm not out to do anything else, this is my number one, then I think they kind of put their guard down a little bit and trust me a little bit more because they know, like, this is her profession, like, 100% her profession. And that weeds out a lot of the other trainers in L.A. Sure, and that's like what we always talk about with authenticity. I mean, you know, people can smell that out, and I think – in LA more than most other places, people are attuned to that because people are always trying to put on a front and always trying to be something else. And I'm, I'm sure for a lot of people that, that meet you, because I mean, you know, the, the Nancy that I know, I mean, you are who you are. And I think that if I talk to anybody in Baltimore and I said your name, they would all say the same thing, probably that you scare the shit out of them in the gym. So, I mean, when, when people in LA come up to you and, and they just get that you are you and there's nothing else and it's just you, it's got to be refreshing. And I think, like, that's the kind of people that I attract. Like, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was like, I attract some bad-ass women. Like, that's who I train. Like, my private clients, nutrition clients, it always ends up being, like, power women. Whether they're, like, just killer moms that just, like, do it all, or they're, like, CFOs, or they have, you know, they're on a reality show, or they're have a whatever, like, they're just always boss moms. That's who I feel like I attract to me. And I think that's because they see themselves in me. And then it's easy for them to relate to me. Or obviously, we get along very well because we have similar mentalities. And I think that's really my demographic. And I think it's rare to find women like that. So when we find each other, we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know what's up. No, that's awesome. And so, Nancy, also talk us through, in the last several months, and I know because I took it, um, you've kind of branched off into more of the virtual nutrition coaching space. Um, can you kind of talk us through what led you down that path and some of the things that you've kind of learned by coaching people remotely, maybe some of the things that are easier versus a little harder to, to kind of coach and train through? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the reason I started to really like, and I'm still in it, to be honest. I mean, it's hard. Like, the reason I really started to amp up my social media game and try to start more online training, um, one, because people were reaching out to me and saying, you know, I know you from this place, or I follow you, and I really, like, like your mentality. I know you're a mom. I need to get my mom, my body back after having a baby. Do you do any kind of online coaching? I'm like, hmm. I mean, I guess I could. Like, I could definitely do it remotely. Then, you know, I started getting, like, inquiries about it, and then I was like, I need to put time into doing this, because my book, because the thing is, is, like, you want to reach, for me, I want to reach as many people as I can, and be on the biggest platform as I can to, to help as many people as possible, and 
there's only so many hours in a day. I mean, once your book is full as a trainer, your book is full. I mean, you can make a, a waiting list for clients, but they're not going to pay to be on your waiting list. They're just going to wait until you have an opening and they're going to start training with you. So once you hit, you know, the, the top of, you know, your schedule, it's like you can only make so many dollars. Like, what am I going to do? Keep raising my prices on the clients? Like, I don't want to do that. So I need to find other ways to continue to help more people and make more money. And, I mean, obviously the, re- the answer to that would be to go online. That's what I started doing. I wrote an ebook on, on my nutrition plan, the Bible diet, and that is about to come out in a couple weeks. The challenge is, is that like you can't see someone one on one. So the communication when you're working one on one with someone online is like constant. Like you have to continuously like, hey, like just checking in. Like, can you send me your journals? Like, how are you feeling this week? How's your energy? Like, you're just constantly like assessing them because usually if they're coming to my class, I see them in class. I can tell if they're getting weaker and I can tell if they're falling off and I need to like talk to them after class or whatever. Um, it's a lot harder to do that online. So the communication has to be like on point. The online thing is tough. The thing about the fitness industry and why I love it is because anyone can make it in the fitness industry. And the only reason I hate it is because anyone can make it in the fitness industry. I think Beachbody is definitely proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's like setting yourself apart online without, you know, spending a ton of money on like marketing and stuff is challenging because they don't get to see like your personality. They don't get to see you in person. They don't get to see that you're really real or, you know, you really talk to what you see. If anyone can see a picture I and mean, you can have 5 million followers on Instagram and never even work out. You just like take pictures at good angles and you have, I don't know, whatever they're doing. So that has been a huge challenge and frustration, but I just have to believe that, like, there's people that really want to train with someone who is educated, that doesn't have, like, a weekend certification, that really does know her stuff, and, you know, I think you just have to keep working, you know, grind it out, and it will, eventually, you get the ball rolling, and it snowballs, and then you just keep going, you know? The interesting thing is that you can never stop, like, there's never a point where you're like, okay, like, my book is full, I'm just going to stop now, but you always have to be generating new leads, new programs, new content. It's like never ending. So I'm glad I love my job because otherwise it would just be, it would be stuff. Well, for you, it's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. I mean, it, like we said, it's, it's who you are. I mean, this isn't just something you do for cash. It's, it's the life you lead and it's definitely an, an admirable thing. And I think a lot of people that, you know, I work with wish that they could say something similar. You know, a lot of people just have jobs. And I think what a lot of people, especially our generation, is searching for is something more, something to feel connected to, something to feel engaged with. And, you know, props to you because you've definitely found it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think that all the time. I mean, you can truly make money, good money, doing anything you want to do. You just have to figure out what it is and work really hard. And there's no secret to it. I mean, you can attest to this. It's like there's no secret to success. The secret is there is no secret. You work hard. You keep going every single day, and you believe in believe in your work, and then you keep learning. You learn, you grow, and then eventually, you know, you get to a point where you can taste the fruits of your labor. But it takes a while. It's hard work. For sure. And I think that's something that's so underrated. I mean, when I was producing the TV show, people always come up to me and just assume that it was handed to me and that I was making all this money, and they didn't realize all of the work that goes into it. And I would always, you know, tell them, especially these younger kids at the you know, they would often approach, I'd say, listen, you can have anything you want in life. It doesn't matter what it is. And it's not this way that, you know, some of the modern programs are teaching kids where if you dream it, you can want it. You've got to go out there and freaking bust your ass. 
And if you're willing to do that, yeah. really anything you want is within your grasp, whether it's whether it's fitness or whether it's financial success or business success or career or whatever it is. If you're willing to go out there and grind, and that's one of those things that you said you know, carried you through early in LA. I mean, you didn't just move to LA and say, hey, I'm Nancy, I'm here, you know, come work out with me. You had to grind. And that's something that I think oh a lot God, of people yeah. underestimate. Just go out there, grind, do the work, do the things that other people aren't willing to do, and you will be successful. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, even those people that you see, like, on social media that, like, or in your, like, in your own industries, if it's not the fitness industry, that got, like, a, like, a lucky break. Like, oh, so-and-so was on, like, that reality show. Like, that's how they got all those followers. Or so-and-so knew that guy. That's how he got that job. So, like, I understand people are like, oh, he's just lucky. But really, you get that, like, little break, maybe. Like, oh, yeah, I got on that reality show, and then I got 50,000 followers. But if you don't perform... You know what I mean? Once you get your 15 minutes, if you don't have something good to say or you can't, like, back up your work or you can't give them a good program or project or whatever, then, like, those people are going to go away. So it's like these people get their 15 minutes and they get, like, that lucky break, but a lot of them don't have anything, you know, they're not willing to put into work or, like, they don't have anything that's backing it or their education. So it ends up just kind of falling to the wayside. So I think it really all comes down, even if you get a lucky break, you still have to like know your shit, be on top of it and work really hard to keep it. Sure. And I think a lot of the things that people don't realize is that for those people that seem to have that quote unquote lucky break, they don't realize how many times those people failed to get that lucky break. And, and that's, totally. you know, pe- people think yep. it's all luck, but you know, it's, it's just perseverance. It's going out there. And, you know, like you said, there are some of those folks that do get that lucky break and then they squander it. it, it it's exactly. hard. And I mean, I think what Eminem wrote a few songs about it. So you know, once you get that moment, you've got to own it because I don't remember how the song goes and I'm not going to try and rap, but nonetheless. <laughs> All right, Nancy, well, that's awesome guidance, good advice. And, you know, we definitely like hearing about, you know, kind of who you are, what you stand for and, you know, how you're changing lives. So before we wrap up here, I mean, is there anything you want to leave us with? Any final parting thoughts? And, you know, we'll definitely plug, you know, your book and all your social media profiles and everything in the show notes. People can check you out there if they're interested in, uh, you know, some some virtual nutrition coaching or if they're in the L.A. area, they can go get their sweat on at Barry's. Uh, But is there anything else you'd like to kind of leave our business listeners with? Okay, so, yeah, I think it's really about just making time for a healthy lifestyle. Like, you know, you can't make excuses for it. It's totally possible to take care of yourself while also taking care of your family, your friends, your job, whatever. And it's actually okay to take care of yourself. That's why I think people feel so guilty taking time for themselves. And really, you know, taking care of yourself is part of taking care of your family and your kids. You're going to do much better as a mom. You're going to need more patience. You're going to be less stressed. And you just take care of yourself just a little bit. You know, people make time for what's important to them, and what's important to them is usually family and work. So if you want to be best at doing that, then helping, you know, helping to just take care of yourself, whether it's 30 minutes of working out or some healthy meals or whatever, is really just so important to have, like, the full circle um, in life. So, I mean, take time to prep some healthy meals, and I have tons of easy, quick recipes in my ebook, and I've got a post on social media. Um, and also quick workouts that you can do, literally 15-minute workouts that are tough and that are good programs that can hit total body, and you can do them literally in your house, and I post them on Instagram, I post them on Facebook and um, YouTube. So just take time for yourself, and you'll really see the effects come from full circle and trickle down into every other part of your life. Awesome. And on that, I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to make some of that pizza stew that you posted yesterday. So it's going to be a Nancy Anderson oh, evening. Yeah. 
<laughs> it looked awesome. It's so good. It's so good. All right, Nancy. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Okay, thank you so much. Take care. Well, if that doesn't fire you up to have a good meal and a good solid workout, I don't know what will. We hope you enjoyed that one with Nancy Anderson. If you want to learn more about Nancy, go to the everydayexecutive.co and check out the show notes for this episode. In those notes, you can find all of Nancy's links to her book, to her social media profiles, and everything else she's got going on. And hey, if you enjoyed this one with Nancy, be sure to let her know. Hit her up on Twitter and say thanks. Speaking of which, if you did enjoy this episode and you enjoy our content, please check us out and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you're listening to us. Those really help us to continue to grow, evolve, and bring you outstanding content. Be sure to also check us out on social media at theeverydayexecutive.co, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else floats your boat. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon.